to tell us more. We are joined on the line by Professor Raymond Parsons from the Northwest University School of Business and Governance, the SBG. A very good morning to you, Professor, and welcome. It seems like it was uh, moody blues to be dumped into junk or not. That was the question. So what was the answer, Professor? Good morning, Elvis. Well, I think the fact that Moody's have decided not to update South Africa's sovereign credit rating now as many people expected. I think we should welcome that because at least it gives us an extra breathing space to get our economic and uh, our fiscal house in order. Uh, as you've indicated, uh, Moody's is the bulwark that stands between us and, uh, and universal junk status. This has happened before. I think before the ANC conference uh, um, a year or two ago, they also decided not, not to issue the report uh, and rather to leave it for, for, uh, for a later time. That doesn't mean to say there isn't a report. It's just that they've decided not to release it. And if one had to guess, they haven't offered any reasons, but I think probably the uncertainties around our election, the importance of this election... Uh, probably encouraged Moody's to hold their hand for the time being, wanting to see what is the outcome of the election, what will be some of the policy changes, what will the new cabinet look like, what will the key portfolios for our economy be filled by, by, by whom. So I, I think I sense that that's probably where they are coming from. But that report, of course, could come out at any time, and, and they will have to decide on, on, on the timing. So I think the bottom line here, Elvis, is that we're not yet out of the woods, but we've got a breathing space, so let's see how well we can use the next few months. Uh, so I, I would sum it up by saying uh, this is more like a stay of execution rather than a reprieve. But that, let's make the best use of it. That stay of execution, uh, Professor, what does it mean now for South Africa? Because we're we a very fragile economy as we speak. What do we have to do now in order to make sure that when the time arrives, that later date, which probably might be just after the election, uh, that when Moody's come back, they, they probably give us a better rating? Well, I think the important point, I think we saw that in the, uh, the address, uh, or at least the statement, by, by the Reserve Bank this week, where they downgraded their, their growth forecast for this year uh, from 1.7% to 1.3%. I think a lot of economists are also, because of the load shedding and the ESCOM problem, have been sharpening their pencils and saying, we have to, have to reduce our growth forecast perhaps to about 1%. So, so really the overarching challenge is, to turn the economy round after the election, to get economic recovery underway in a positive way, rebuild confidence. But in particular then, once the election is out of the way and we know what the political mandates are, what do we need to do in terms of structural reform? Uh, quite a lot has been listed by all the political parties. But the important point then is that after the election, we need to be able to send out a message to investors, to the credit rating agencies, that we are going to turn this economy around, we are going to break out of our low growth trap, and we are going to build a bigger, stronger, and indeed a better economy. So I think that's where we are now, and I suspect that when we unpack what has been done by, by Moody's now in, in, in sort of holding their hand, I think it's simply to say that really we can't be any more definitive until mm-hmm. we've got the outcome of our elections in May. Now, 
On to another political turmoil that's in Bre- in, in Britain. The UK, uh, or the British Prime Minister, Theresa May, lost the parliamentary vote. It's strike three now on Brexit by 344 votes to 286, a margin of 58. Now, the UK is until April the 12th, it seems, to seek a longer extension to the negotiation process to avoid a no-deal Brexit on that date. Now, it was May Day, May Day again for Theresa May's uh, EU deal. What now, Professor? Well, Elvis, I think there are really three points. The first is, as you've indicated, the next deadline for the UK and the EU uh, will be the 12th of April, where it will be a decision as to whether they will leave with or without a deal. Um, that's, they, that's the first point. The second is that the risks of, of the UK crashing out of the EU on that date without a deal, with all the disruption that that will entail, both for those those two entities, that is the UK and the EU, as well as third countries like South Africa, who, who do business with the UK, uh, that risk is higher. And the EU said yesterday they also saw that risk as higher, and they are implementing all their contingency plans in an effort to deal with it. The third is that the UK Parliament, having now repeatedly indicated what they are against, will now on Monday have to see whether they can build any consensus uh, around any preferred option, such as a soft Brexit or future people's vote on, on whatever they decide. And, of course, the point really is that the soft of the Brexit, the more you are departing from what the original referendum said. So I, I think a deal is still possible, but uh, what's important in the meantime is to understand it's going to be very difficult to do that in the time available. And from the South African point of view, I think... Our trading relationship is tremendously important. There are these uncertainties, and, and obviously South African business, those who have links with, with the UK economy, must talk to their suppliers or talk to their clients and say, what contingency plans must we undertake if there's a worst-case scenario, uh, and stay in touch with our Department of Trade and Industry, which is also monitoring the situation. But I think the bottom line here, as far as Brexit is concerned, we're into a new phase of uncertainty until the 12th of April, until midnight on the 12th of April. Mm-hmm. Does uh, Prime Minister May still have the political capital left to try her deal for a fourth time, you think? Well, Elvis, uh, at this distance from what one can monitor, it seems to me, remember she said she would resign if they all rallied behind her deal, uh, which yesterday they did not. So she's off the hook as far as that's concerned, because she'll probably want to steer this process through to its finality. But I think the bottom line is that her political shelf life is now distinctly <laughs> limited. <laughs> what impact will this have now on South Africa, or is there any impact as yet? Well, if, if they get a deal, then, then, then there's time. You see, if, if they get a deal, the EU will probably give them some time, some more time, and, and then we can all negotiate or confirm whatever trading arrangements we have. So, so then you've got a year or two, uh, if there's a soft Brexit or some, some other arrangement, if there's a deal, then, then I, think, um, I, I think that gives us all that have an interest in, in the UK economy uh, time to adjust and, and we can negotiate what we want to do. I think the problem will be if they crash out without a deal. That is huge uncharted waters, not only for the EU and for the UK, but for third countries like South Africa. And so 
as I said earlier, the best you can do as a business person who has a stake in the UK economy is to stay in touch with your suppliers or, or your clients to see what will happen after the 12th of April, how can, how can the supply chains be protected, what contingency plans can be taken. So I, I think that's about as much as one can do at this stage, given the, the basic uncertainties in the whole Brexit situation.